This is Brock and Saul. Brock Heward and Mark, Matt, Marcus. Sorry about just Mike. Mike. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Where's like the buff dudes at? Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. <laughs> Let's go. It is the Brock and Salk Show, Seattle Sports, 710 seattlesportscom and the Seattle Sports app, plus all those podcast applications, wherever they are, the podcast people are everywhere, and we appreciate you listening. Thank you. Uh, it was a tough one last night for our beloved Mariners, who uh, fell 3-1 to one to the, Mar- to the uh, Oakland A's, and obviously we know what happened to Julio and to Ty France and to George Kirby, none of whom were able to finish the game, two of whom weren't even able to start the game. And, uh, well, it's good to see that people are taking it well. I came in today and uh, got a little reminder of why I should never pay attention to this text line, except uh, that I can't help it. And so here, here's just a little sampling of some of the let's call them reasonable measured responses that came into the text line overnight. Let's start with this one from the five, seven Oh, that looked like the owner telling Scott rest, this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy. And the team responded with a lackluster. What the heck dude, what the owner yesterday told Scott to rest everybody. Let's okay. try this one from sure. the 661. Okay. First Salk, quote, we're definitely in the seat of spoiler and we want to ruin as many dreams as possible, May said. He's the uh, closer for the A's. Yeah. WTF, we need to beat them down today hard. I mean, it'd be nice to beat them, but you're upset that they're playing spoiler? They've won athletes. like 12 games all year. What are they supposed to do? Uh, my favorite, there was one that was brought to my attention last night by someone that was in the station when it came in. Uh, someone thought that uh, before he got scratched that Julio was going to have a bad night because he was going to be amped up about his Funko night. Yes. Well, don't worry. I have some Funko <laughs> night ones here. We actually got. Well, hold on. Hold on a second, Maura. Let me give you this one from the 425. <laughs> Families who went for Julio last night got absolutely screwed over by this M's organization. This is what they think of the fans. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what? Well, it's good to see that everybody is handling one loss in the last three weeks. They tell you when really they're resting well. someone. Huh? He's got nerve issues in his foot. Like, they say we're giving him a day off. Screwed over, Maura, by the <laughs> Mariners organization. Goodness. They couldn't... Bear. If you love Julio to let so much, Julio feel bad play. for him that he's got a foot issue. All right. Well, let me uh, let me jump in. Yes, there's also others who say it was me. I cursed the team because I was having some fun with the boring win over the A's the day before. Fine, whatever. I'll take that one if you want it. Um, if there was anything to the Julio thing, seriously, jokes aside. I mean, I'm, these are not jokes. I mean, these are actual real texts that came into our system overnight. And so you can sort of make of those what you will. Jokes aside, if there was any truth to the Julio one, trust me, he would have pinch hit in the ninth. Like, if you want to say, hey, maybe they were, uh, you know, there's something else going on and the organization. There's not. I mean, that that doesn't make any sense that you would rest Julio yesterday, especially after he had two games off, what, a week ago? And with a day, and with an off day coming tomorrow? No, not just a flat no. 
And I would be very surprised if he plays today, given that they've got that off day tomorrow. They're going to travel and they've got this, what, 10 day East Coast road trip. I'd be shocked if Julio was in the game today. But if he was okay, he would have pinch hit in the ninth. You think they wanted to let Dylan Moore go up there over Julio? You think they wanted Cade Marlowe in there over Julio? On the night the Astros and Rangers won, and right. you're looking at a potential loss. So that just how hot yeah, he's that's been, yeah. obviously ridiculous. I don't even. We really shouldn't even justify it with conversation today, but you know, just for fun. Um, I was a little bit interested in whether or not you know they would rest George Kirby for a game. I think I talked about it what yesterday or the day before. Right. The idea of maybe giving Kirby a rest day and if you were going to do it, you're right, doing it here yeah. against well, the A's yeah, might be the right time. Alone. Yeah. So I, I would understand if they had wanted to do that. But if you were going to do it, you know what you would have done? Either called up somebody from the minors like Tommy Malone, which you would wait until September 1st to do, or you would have told Luke Weaver ahead of time that he was going to be starting. Yeah, it was a little unexpected. Um, obviously, I uh, was a little shocked. I uh, was about to start playing catch uh, with the relievers uh, like normal and was notified. So just kind of had to get into a mindset and kind of adjust routines. Um, very different than obviously a normal start day from when you wake up till now. Um, so just kind of had to navigate that. And, um, you know, it's baseball. I just try to go out there and keep, keep it simple and uh, attack and do the things you, you, you can get your team uh, aligned to win. 425 says, I stand by every word. This is the person who thought the families got screwed. Oh, by the organization. 425, I got to tell you, man, you need some help, brother. You need some serious, serious help. Stop watching whatever cable news program you're watching. Stop getting your news off the Internet. Do something different in your life because, trust me, things are gone awry for you. Here's the issue that the Mariners have right now. I don't know what's wrong with Ty France or Julio Rodriguez. More Specifically, I don't know how serious either of those injuries are. But if there's one thing I'm going to talk about today, and by the way, it's like a huge guest day. We got Buster only at 730. We got KJ in for the whole eight o'clock hour. And we've got Scott Service who's going to join us at 930. There's one thing I'm going to talk about today. It's that the Mariners have a bit of an issue right now without Ty France and Julio in the lineup against left-handed pitchers. And you saw it yesterday. Waldachuk was good. He was. Seriously, Waldachuk had good stuff yesterday. He did. But it was made significantly better by the fact that they had all lefties out there. Right. And unfortunately, Dylan Moore, Caballero didn't have good nights. They were sort of the righties you needed to do something. And, you know, then you're letting Marlowe and um, and uh, uh, Canzone, et cetera. You just you get too many lefties right now in your lineup. And then you add in Mike Ford and all of a sudden you're just way lefty heavy. Yeah, the Cal Raleigh has to switch it to hit right. And switch just every, everything about it was just sort of not great. Scott even mentioned it after the game. Yeah, we were locked up tonight based on, you know, availability and how we wanted to use guys. Usually you have a full bench and you can kind of shoot them and, and kind of combat some of the matchup stuff they did, but they did a good job. They lined them up and they have a lot of left-handed pitching. Not all clubs have three or four lefties down in the bullpen. Okay, well, they did and uh, they used them last night and it was a problem for the Mariners. I'm going to give you three names that are going to not excite you and then tell you why one of them might be a fit for the Mariners right now. Yesterday, you may have seen the news that, and we'll go through it and need to know here in about 10 minutes, but all of these uh, guys came up in waivers yesterday, which basically means clubs are saying, if you want them, they're yours. All you got to do is pay their salary for the rest of the year. Really simple, right? 
Unfortunately for the Mariners, there's a waiver claim order. You're fifth to last. So it's unlikely that any of these guys will slip through. But there's some exciting names. Matt Moore, the lefty reliever from the Angels. Anyway, I'm going to give you three names of guys that have had terrible years, which is why they got released yesterday, that all might be a fit for the Mariners right now. Josh Donaldson, Harrison Bader, and Randall Gritchick. And I know what you're thinking. But, Mike, at least two of those guys just got released because they're bad. You're right. Totally agree with you. Randall Gritchick, who's actually been okay this year, both in Colorado and even in Anaheim. He's not been very good against right-handed pitching this year. 692 OPS. Not great. Mm-hmm. Well below league average. Mm-hmm. You know what he does against lefties? 990. Ooh. You could kind of use that, couldn't you, right now? Could you use that last night? Harrison Bader, you know who I mean? Kind of tough guy looking dude. Played Yankees. for the Cardinals and then the Yankees. Awful. Awful against right-handed pitching this year to a tune of a 505 OPS. Unthinkable. Against lefties right now, this year, 1,086 OPS. Interested? Could you have used that last night? Yes. And then I'll throw one more at you, and that's Josh Donaldson, right? Released because he's been so awful for the Yankees, a guy who was once an MVP. 576 against right-handed pitching. Can't hit righties right now. Can't do it. Against lefties this year, his year where he's getting released, 9.15. God, and he's hitting like a buck 40 right. or something. So when I tell you that, like, there's, like, you just need one specific thing. Of those names, honestly, the one that might intrigue me most right now is Donaldson because he could play first base. And if I'm worried about anybody, I'm more worried about France than I am about Julio. And we'll wait and see what Scott says when he joins us at 9.30. But just think about those names. Could you put Josh Donaldson at first base for a few days? For a week or two? Service yeah. did say it was more of his thumb than anything. I know how worried you get about wrists. I don't like thumbs or wrists. I mean, like <laughs> okay. they're all involved with <laughs> gripping a bat and swinging it. And it's not like he's had the greatest year this year anyway. So whether it's his wrist or his thumb, regardless, I don't love that one. And the fact that he came out of the game mid-game, that's not a great sign. So if I'm more worried about anybody, it's Ty France. And if you could bring in a Josh Donaldson to just play first base and platoon with Mike Ford for a few days for a week or two. Yeah, I would do that because you get the other side of the platoon. You don't have to play him against right-handed pitching. So I don't know whether they can pull that off. I mean, obviously you got 25 teams ahead of you in the waiver wire. So if they get claimed by any of the other contenders, you're SOL too bad. But if you could find a way to pull one of those guys off, that would be pretty helpful here short term because even when Kelna comes back, you're talking about another left-handed bat in your outfield. You need another righty right now. You didn't before. And between Julio and Ty France, that's something the Mariners may get a little break on if one of these guys slips to them. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, you know you're not going to win them all, but a shame to see one get away against a pretty bad Oakland team, that's for sure. Operating without a few of their best players, the Mariners did, well, next to nothing for most of the game. Only had two hits through eight innings, one of them kind of an accidental bloop single. That was all they could muster. But in true Mariner fashion, they made it interesting in the ninth, of course, with two outs, down two. Got a hit from Josh Rojas and then... uh, double from J.P. Crawford, which put men on second and third. Unfortunately, Gino Suarez struck out. They end up losing three to one. The offense kind of just coming to a crashing halt as Ken Waldachuk and a few other lefties just made 
mincemeat out of a lineup that I thought was just way too left-handed yesterday. As we said, missing a couple of guys. Scott Service made reference. Yeah, we were locked up tonight based on you know availability and how we wanted to use guys. Usually you have a full bench and you can kind of shoot them and, and kind of combat some of the matchup stuff they did. But they did a good job. They lined them up and they have a lot of left-handed pitching. Not all clubs have three or four lefties down in the bullpen. Yeah, that certainly hurt them. Bummer. Even worse, the Rangers and Astros also find ways to win. So that puts all three teams in basically a three-way tie for the division. The Blue Jays do lose, so they're still three and a half back in the wild card. One more against Oakland. Day matinee today. 110 first pitch. Bryce Miller and Zach Neal, who has an ERA of nearly seven. Here's the second thing. You need to know. Well, let's get to the bad news because it was not the kind of night anyone would want. Mariners players dropping like flies. First, George Kirby. He was sick. Couldn't go. You got to imagine that a guy with George's compete level was pretty sick for that to be the case. Not exactly somebody who's easy to remove from the lineup. I'm not too concerned about that. Bigger issue, though, Julio Rodriguez. He, too, was scratched just minutes before the game with a sore left foot. Scott Service described it as a pinched nerve after the game, which I don't love. It's hard to know exactly what to make of it, but, you know, good to hear that Scott said he was day-to-day. I got to tell you, I didn't, like, love his tone in talking about Julio. Uh, you know, we find ways um, to create an opportunity, and that's what you do. You just try to put traffic out there, and hopefully you, know, you come up with the big hit, and we'll continue to do that. Um, you know, there's nothing. There's no replacement for Julio and certainly how he's playing right now. Um, but you're helping guys find a way to get on base, create traffic, and then, you know, you get a big hit. So, again, I don't know if he's going to be available tomorrow. We'll find out when we get here in the morning. Yeah, so he said he was feeling a little bit better after getting some treatment yesterday. Still be surprised if he plays today with the off day tomorrow. Then, to make matters worse, Ty France left the game early with what they originally said was a bruised wrist, then changed it to a bruised thumb. I think you know how I feel about both of those types of injuries. So, And especially with this particular player who we've seen come back but still struggle after some injuries like that. Scott did say the swelling went down. Hopefully it won't be too bad. He was also listed as day-to-day. Meanwhile, though, there are going to be some brand-name players floating around the MLB waiver wire. It includes half the Angels lineup as they waived relievers like Matt Moore, starter like Lucas Giolito, outfielders like Hunter Renfro, a few others. The Yankees, Harrison Bader and Josh Donaldson are on waivers as well. And uh, yeah, the Mariners might be able to use some right-handed hitting in addition to some pitching depth. Certainly a guy like Matt Moore, hard-throwing lefty, would be really great. I'd be shocked if any of those guys end up getting all the way to them as the 25th in line waiver team. Jared Kelnick reported to Class A or Triple A Tacoma rather yesterday start his rehab assignment. He is expected to be in the Rainier's starting lineup tomorrow. Here's the third thing you need to know. Oh yeah, the Seahawks. They've got a 53-man roster set, at least for today. They'll probably put a few guys on short-term IR, and that'll necessitate some moves. There really weren't any surprises at all yesterday for all of the debates about who would be on and off, etc. All 10 of their draft picks ended up making the team, including Jarek Reed. Uh, Jake Bobo made it, of course, as well. So did defensive end Tyreek Smith. Wide receiver Cody Thompson was the one who won that competition. Yeah, we didn't see a few of the preseason standouts. Levi Bell and Aesop Winston both did not make it. Jonathan Sutherland and Vi Jones were both waived as injured. Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to catch passes uh, at practice. In fact, he was already doing it yesterday. But yeah, you just sort of look at where this team is at. And uh, Bobby Wagner speaking yesterday, pretty excited about what it holds. I think we could take this thing very, very far. I think we have talent at every position. Um, I think we have talent 
on offense. We have depth on offense. We have talent on defense. We have depth on defense. And now it's just um, putting everything together. And, you know, I feel like it's a cliche, but you're taking one game at a time. But, you know, we are strong in, in a lot of areas. And, you know, it hasn't been that way for a minute. And, you know, I feel very, very confident where we're at, where we can go. And a lot of it is just, you know, putting your best foot forward and understanding there's going to be highs and lows, but trying to remain balanced in the process and be your best version of yourself. Well, hopefully they can do that as uh, we are uh, under two weeks to go before the Seahawks start off their season against the Rams. That is everything you need to know. We do a quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Sulk show. So left foot soreness with just minutes before first pitch. Yes. Where is your concern level on it? Because you just the tone you use there during need to know. Well, let me start with George Kirby. My concern okay. level is zero. Okay. Guy's sick. Mm-hmm. The only concern I have there is, is infecting other else. people yeah. in the clubhouse. And I guess all you can say about that is there's nothing you can do better now than in a month. Right. Yeah, I mean, like sure. better right now than in a month. Second, Julio, concern level at a 10. I don't know entirely what to go on. I like hearing day to day. I don't like hearing nerve issues. I don't like hearing pinch nerve. They did say he was already feeling better after treatment. Yeah, that sounds better. So you can sort of go back and forth just looking at Scott, his tone. The one thing that's going to sort of eat at me a little bit is that he didn't pinch hit in the ninth. But he may have been just undergoing treatment right, during the, the game table, as they're yeah. trying to get it done as quickly as possible. Still, that's going to sort of gnaw at me. And so I would say out of 10, that's like a six. Okay. And Ty France going to be like a seven and a half. Yeah, his is definitely the worst. I don't game. like that. Middle of the I don't like anything about that. Yeah, the, it's not good. Tough dude. Like when he got hit, he kind of took three steps forward, didn't make any, right. any look, gave like Luke a, Weaver a little nod there like, let's go. Yep. Yeah, not happy. Like I, I'd give that a seven and a half. Yeah. So, hey, if you can go find, you get some right handers that are out there right now. If you can find somebody to help you out for a little while, you may have been given a little gift. Maybe somebody doesn't want to spend the eight million dollars on Josh Donaldson. You go do it. And uh, it could absolutely help you here down the stretch. All right. Coming up, Jeff Passan. He and I got into it yesterday. As I was at the park yesterday, I must have had 10 different people comment to me about my back and forth with Passan yesterday. So if you missed it, you're in for a treat. It's coming up next on Brock and Sulk. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Well, it is a big week full of baseball conversations, Brock, as the Mariners continue to roll. They've won four in a row after winning eight in a row after winning eight in a row. It's been an unbelievable 20-win month for them with a couple of games left to play against Oakland tonight and tomorrow. So uh, with all of that as a background, let's bring in our ESPN baseball expert, Jeff Passan, right now. Jeff, good morning. How are you? Michael, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. You see how I just throw the word expert out there like you know what you're talking about? You know what? I was wondering how long it was going to take for you to turn into uh, a sniveling little weasel and uh, should have taken the under. Yeah, I would take the under on that. Uh, I've been very good. Maura will tell you I have not been talking trash to anybody. Well, that's, that, that's, uh, that's, that's why I was not surprised because Maura said Mike's been pretty good. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's about to change. <laughs> I was saving it up, obviously. Yeah. Well, Jeff, what's Clearly. happening? The Mariners keep winning and the Rangers keep losing. Yeah, I know. It's amazing the way that baseball works, Mike. Right. You know, the Mariners spent the first four months of the season losing while the Rangers spent it winning. And suddenly you're 
convinced that uh, that this is the permanent state. Of I am affairs. absolutely not, and by so the way, convinced if, of if that. that. Oh, really? Because if you're not convinced of that, then why are you spending the entirety of your show slash existence gloating about it then? In fact, if you want to put your money where your mouth actually is and not ride this little wave that you're on right now, go ahead. Lay some money down on the Mariners for winning it all. Well, I didn't say they were going to win at all. I just said they were better than the Rangers. And I said the Rangers were going to come back to Earth. Here's what I said. The Rangers are going to come back to Earth. Have the Rangers come back to Earth? They have come back. Okay, that's really the only thing that I've said that I felt truly comfortable in. Not even that. Do you think think the Mariners are going to finish ahead of the Rangers? I think they got a pretty good shot at it. Yeah, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I think it's going to be a great race down the stretch. Honestly, jokes aside, not not trying to, to just be, you know, stupid. I think the Mariners have a chance at it. I think that it's a pretty dead heat right now between the three teams all battling within one game for this division, which is awesome for baseball. It's awesome for us. And if I had to handicap it, I think I'd probably put the Mariners and Astros a hair ahead of the Rangers. How do you handicap it, Jeffrey? Um. I still think the Rangers are the best team in the division, but I, I have I have very little confidence in that at this point. It's it's almost I almost look at this the same way I look at the MVP race in the National League right now. Um, you know, Ronald Acuna for a long time was the favorite, and then you had hard charging Mookie Betts uh, going not just catching up to him, but. Uh, at least in wins above replacement, surpassing him. And and yet my instinct tells me it's probably Acuna's award still to to lose. And so I just, you know, I'm going to go with the team that for the longest time looked like the best contender or the closest to contending. Uh, but again, very, very limited faith in my answer on that one, because I think, I think, and have thought the Mariners, they're, they're a good team and they have so much going for them, even when they're not hitting, like that's the part that we have to remember. They, they stayed afloat because they're pitching staff. Uh, you know, they, they had a top five pitching staff in the first half of the season and like a bottom third offense. Since the All-Star break, guys, they have the second-best offense in baseball by OPS. And if you want to do it by weighted on base, they're actually better than Atlanta. And they have the second-best pitching staff by ERA behind Toronto. So this is as complete of a team as is playing baseball over the last month. You know, it's it's incredible. the last month. It's like a month and a half at this Yeah, point. it's really two and months. It's been since their yeah. their their low point on June 30th, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. So, Julio, yeah. I, I played this for Verducci yesterday. I want to get your thought on it as well. I love this quote. I, I'm curious whether you can buy any of it, but Julio was asked, I think over the weekend, about how hot the team has been, and he kind of didn't accept the premise of the question. Still, we're not hot. Like, I'm going to keep saying it. We're not hot. We're just playing the ball that I know we, we're capable of. I feel like every, every single... Every single guy on this team that they know that what, what, what they're capable of, we we all see each other preparing ourselves, and I feel like that we're just playing the ball that we know we can. I feel like at the beginning of the year, everybody was was seeing, oh, why is this this team not playing like this? It just this is just who we are. So, all right, look, obviously they're hot, but how much? <laughs> yeah, but how much do you love that true. that way of thinking of it for a leader and best player on a team? 
I don't know. Should I love that? You don't. What do, what do you? No. What do you? What do you love about that? I think they. I think they are hot. I think they're playing out of Jeff, their minds right Jeff, now. Jeff, it was their best loss. Jeff, it was their best loss of the season. The Kansas City was the best loss. Of the <laughs> I think. I, here's here's my point, Mike. I think that's suggesting that when you have won, what is it like twenty out of twenty four three games. 20 out of 24 games, that that's who you are is just not realistic. This is not who they are. They're playing out of their minds right now. It also wasn't who they were earlier in the season, right? So I, I guess the attitude there is fine. I just don't think he actually believes that. Okay, so make a list. Put a Jeff Passan list together. This isn't personal time with Passan. I gave you a whole week to okay. figure out that. So we'll get to that here shortly. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for that one. Good. Put put your list. I don't know if you're a yellow legal notepad guy like I am. Uh, every show, it's kind of crazy. It's what I do. Put a list together and and put a line down the middle of it. And on one side of it, tell me what's sustainable. And on the other side, what's not sustainable over the final 31 games, as Salk said, in an unbelievable epic race to the finish. I mean, when are we going back to? Are we going back to like July first, like you said? We are moving like, ahead wanna, from this day. From this day forward, right. you've do got we a, wanna, Do we want to look at numbers looking back at July first, though, and say who's it, who's are sustainable? Sure. Um, because if if we do that, there's there have been I think fifty or so games uh, since July first. Uh, Julio Rodriguez is hitting three sixty. Uh, 413 on base and 597 slug. Is that sustainable? Yeah, actually, I think so. Uh, maybe not the 360, but the 1,000 OPS? Yeah, I, I think Julio can do that. Um, J.P. Crawford OPSing over 950 in that time. Is that sustainable? No, probably not. But he's been really good for two months. So he's actually been really good all year. Not that good, but he's been really good all year. Yeah. No, no, he's been like all world for two months, Mike. But yes, yeah, he uh, like JP has had uh, a very good year. Uh, Gino Suarez, uh, you know, eight thirty OPS, uh, sustainable. Yeah. Cal Raleigh, eight eight sixty eight seventy, sustainable. I don't think the home run rate is sustainable. I think he's been out of his mind power-wise, and I know that's a, a big part of his game. But uh, it, can Cal Raleigh be an 800 OPS guy? Yeah. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez? Yeah. I think I think when he's on a heater especially, um, you know, he can look as good as anybody else. So these are, these are all guys. I don't think Josh Rojas is going to keep hitting the way he has. I don't think Dylan Moore is going to keep hitting the way he has. But there, there are a number of guys in the lineup – who, when you look at them, you say, can they be the guys that they've been over the last two months? And the answer is yes, which is why the Mariners should feel as good about themselves as they do right now. Because that first half, Mike, I think was far less indicative of who they are than who they've been lately. But who they've been lately is the best version yeah. of themselves as opposed to the version who is likeliest to show up over these next and, and it's know, worth noting. I mean, 14 of those uh, of their last 18 wins have come against the White Sox and Royals and A's and Angels uh -huh. and Padres. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Many of the same teams yep. that the that the Rangers were beating up on earlier this season, honestly. Yep. I mean, like... And they've got... They, and listen, they've got... Um, I mean, they've got more A's. Like, they've got a couple more A's games. Yep. And they've got the Mets after that. Um, the Reds have been, like, okay... The, they haven't been the, the hot reds that we saw earlier this year. 
Um, and and then it gets tough. You know, it, it gets pretty tough. And that last, I'll tell you what, uh, those last nine games, my goodness, ten games, I guess it'll be those last ten games against the Texas teams. That's when I think we're going to know oh, yeah. what the Seattle Mariners are made of. Like well, I'm really looking forward to those last ten days of the season just for those games among the AOS teams. So here's a funny thing about the Mariners. I was sort of thinking about this. We talked to Jeff Passan is they could really use the waiver trade deadline that went away a few years ago. Yeah. They could really yeah. use it because if they had another trade deadline right now, they probably would be even more all in than they were. And they'd probably go try to trade for a player like a Paul Seawald, ironically, of course, because they could really use another guy. Brash has not looked quite the same recently. Neither is Munoz. There's not a lot out there, obviously, because a player needs to be released in order for you to have a shot at him. I'll throw this guy's name out there just because he's a name and you'd probably know whether he has anything left at all, either for a spot start or as a potential power arm out of the pen. Is there any reason to be intrigued by Noah Syndergaard? I mean, what's the harm, I guess. Um, but to, to characterize Noah Syndergaard as a power arm these days would be a misnomer. Yeah. He is not, he is not a power arm right now. You know, you know why I think it would be really interesting to see how DMs would react right now, uh, in, in this fictional situation where we have a waiver trade deadline. Um, because Colt Emerson and Ty Pete in particular, uh, have been so freaking good so far <laughs> that it's almost like, okay, well, you know what? We just got two more elite position players from the draft into our system. A year after we got Cole Young, uh, who is our number one prospect now uh, and who's been really good, and I believe it was a year after they got Harry Ford, uh, who is – their second rank prospect who's super talented. Like I, I will say this as good as the Mariners have been at developing starting pitchers as good as the Mariners have been at taking scrappy relievers and turning them not just into reputable big league arms, but actually good big league arms they're developing a reputation for doing the same thing with young bats and we we saw it with noel de Marte and saw it with edwin arroyo and both of them ended up getting luis castillo now we're seeing it with young and emerson and ty pete and johnny farmello is going to be playing and felmin celestin uh, i mean they're, what the Mariners are doing right now is a really nice exercise in building a sustainable winner. And the only thing at this point that is missing is John Stanton going out there and giving him a ton of money to compliment it. And it, it feels like what the Mariners have done over the last few years as they built this thing together is earn that. Earn the right to go out and take this core that's really good and supercharge it into a no-doubt championship contender for this next five-year window. 
And I think they would say to you, Jeffrey, we are going to do that and pay all of those guys. Kind of like we watched the football team do in town with Earl and Sherm yeah. and Cam and Bobby and KJ and Russell yeah. and Marshawn and Doug. And if we've got all of this young talent that we know better than anything out there on the street, those are the guys that we want to reward. At least that would be their argument back. Okay, I gave you a whole week. And by the way, today, you're the best guest on the show. I mean, there's no, yeah, no doubt week, about Jeff, it. Last week, Jeff, you were third. I got to be honest. Geno Smith was so good. And then Josh Rojas was amazing. So you were the third best guest that day. I'm sorry to tell you. Today? Okay. I have no problem with that. Some days you got it. Some days you don't. By the way, you ever talked to Josh Rojas? I haven't. Did you ask him my question about the oh, yeah. superfluous ass? Oh, yes. What was his answer? He didn't realize it at the time. <laughs> and he found out later. <laughs> he was like, oh, what have I done? That's why this was available. <laughs> He's worth talking to at some point. Seriously, he was one of the most thoughtful, uh, deep-thinking longest winded, I've Longest to. winded we've ever, in a good yeah. way. Like, oh, my gosh. Hey, he's worth talk. he's worth your time at some point. Yeah, so kind of change our perception reality. Go ahead and fire it, Justin. We haven't done this in a couple weeks. Get personal, I don't know what was better, that or his Elmo. I don't know, but I'm hearing dogs now running down the street outside trying to see if they can listen Golden, to the station. So good. So multi-talented passing. I asked you a week ago because it was on the heels of Gino that uh, you did come on with us, and we both, Salk and I, were like, man, that, that 20 minutes just changed some of the perception that we had seen him from afar but had never been with him and sat and got to know him. And so I was curious from your all these years you've been doing this. Has there been a player, an executive, whatever, whatever way you want to take this, where you had a perception and then you sat down and you actually broke bread and you're like, wow, the reality of that guy is so much different than what I perceived. Yeah, Randy Johnson scared me so much. And granted, it was probably because he's like a foot taller than me. And, uh, you know, a there's, there's a foot and a half. Yes, a foot. I'm actually, you know what? I used to say I'm five, nine and a half because mm. I wanted to round up. Right. You broke I your dropped back. the half. Yeah. <laughs> and then back. I broke my back. And in breaking my back, I lost a quarter inch. So I'm yep. probably legit like five, eight and three quarters now. Right. If All we're right. just like being straight. Yeah. But, just amongst uh, us girls. Randy, Randy Johnson always had this reputation of like hating the media, being salty. Uh, and I remember toward the end of his career, I needed to talk with him about something and sat down with him. And he was such a like such a thoughtful nice respectful guy i just my my opinion of him totally changed in that moment um it, on, on the other hand there are times where uh you get excited to talk with guys because you know you, you see him whether it's talking on tv or something like that uh or uh you know doing something on social media and i remember that like chris coglin you remember former rookie of the year? Uh, seemed like a very nice guy and a funny and charming guy. And I talked with Chris Coglin. What a turd. That guy sucked. So you can change your reputation in both directions yes, based yes. on one conversation. Mm-hmm. Never forget that. When you are talking with people and, and when you are making that impression with them, Always try and make it a good one because if you don't, 
they may go on the radio and call you a turd. Yeah. We had the same experience with Randy Johnson. Brock and I did years ago. We interviewed him out on the field, remember, at uh, what was then Safeco. And I had the same thought of like, oh, man, this guy's going to be super scary. And he was the opposite. Like, he couldn't have been nicer. You know who else I would fit into that category is Gary Sheffield, who I talked to early in my career. uh, Dude, I'm telling you, uh, Chef was the other one who, when I was thinking of this answer, came to mind. 100%. I was so scared to talk to Gary Sheffield, who seemed so intimidating. And I did this long, like, for me at the time, like, this is my first year, maybe second year in this business. Did, like, a 15-minute interview with him. He was talking all about steroids and racism and all this incredible stuff. And I was using an old mini-disc player, which is what we used to have to (laughs) use because that's, you know, what we had. And I had double clicked pause and didn't get one Ooh. word of it. You know what? I actually uh, I, I was talking with Trey Turner last year for a story, and uh, I was talking with him in the clubhouse, and I didn't realize that my phone was still connected to the Bluetooth headphones mm-hmm. that were in my backpack, <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I got nothing. And let me tell you what a mensch Trey Turner is. I reached out to him afterward. I said, I'm awful, and I really apologize. Is there any way we could do that same interview again? Because I don't want to pretend like I'm actually directly quoting you when I don't know specifically what you said. And God bless Trey Turner. Uh, We talked on the phone, and he went through the whole thing one more time. I asked Gary Sheffield, and he said, absolutely not. Hey, last couple minutes here, Jeffrey, back to a couple Mariner topics in particular. Can Julio, if he continues on this heater, as he says, not hot, just doing what he's doing, if he continues down this path, those numbers that you said, will he finish second in the American League MVP behind Otani? You know what? That's a great question, Rock, because I was talking with my boss yesterday about what the MVP race in the American League looks like after Shohei Otani, and it's a... Uh, it's kind of grim. Like, I mean, if we just look at war alone, Simeon, right? right? Isn't Simeon ahead of Julio? No, no. Julio is second by fan graphs. Julio is second in the American league in war right now behind (laughs) Otani. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Those final, those final 10 games. Yep. Them final 10 games, man, major league baseball with all this scheduling and, and everything they did this year. Kind of like the NFL did a couple of years ago, where you know you just you're going to play in your division at the end of the year. You're just going to do it, and we're going to take our shot that it's going to be meaningful and it's going to matter. And my goodness gracious, in the American League West, uh, that plan uh, is going to turn out phenomenally, phenomenally. Wait, so well. hold on. what's the answer? Is Julio number two? Okay, so my only hesitation right now is. The offense isn't quite as good as somebody like Corey Seager's. Mm-hmm. But Corey Seager's also been hurt for like 30 games. So I think those two are probably the two, three when it's all said and done. What about uh, Kirby versus Castillo? <laughs> That's such a good one. Well, and not, I don't mean for, for Cy Young necessarily, because yeah. I think. I think uh, why not? Well, why maybe. Not, I mean, why not? Well, because neither of them Gosh. play in New York, and one of the candidates does. So you got to imagine that's going to help his candidacy. But you know, why? okay, can you? No, 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 no. Now, don't get don't distracted do by this. Don't get distracted. No, no, no. I want I'm, an I'm actual getting, answer. Oh, oh, don't get the guy who says dumb things says don't get distracted <laughs> by the dumb thing I just said. Okay, 
Okay, Mikey. Uh, you're the best. You are the best. Nobody makes me laugh harder in the show. It's so funny. Who, who, forgetting about Cy Young, if, you, if okay. the Mariners are to win the AL West, or, okay, yeah. and they have their opportunity yep. to set their lineup and their rotation yeah. for yep. a ALDS because they would win the bye in that case, who are you starting yep. game one, Kirby or Castillo? But I can I could a hundred percent see if they started Kirby. It's 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 one A one B. It's you know fifty point one forty nine point nine. I I don't I don't see a huge difference between the two just in terms of anything really production performance stuff ceiling like they're both just like they're both dudes and. Uh, You know, I think Scott Service knows better the psychology of who would respond better to starting in game two. I think because Castillo has been around longer, there's the expectation that you defer to the guy uh, who is who is better. But you defer to the guy who's been around longer. Mm -hmm. But I also think you have to take into account, like, who's going to be in a better position to start game five. Like who bounces back better, right? If if you get to a, a situation, who do you want pitching in game five or potentially on really short rest in game four if you need to, to salvage the season? You've been on it today, Passon. That spine's healing. Your your game is strong. It just as baseball turns into the final stretch, final thirty games. I mean, that's that's as good a passing as you're ever gonna get right there. So, Brock, listen, it's September. Like we're, we're getting to the yep. we're getting to the point of the season where if you're not playing your best, uh, then why are you even playing? Well, that's certainly where the Mariners have been at here for the last few weeks, playing their best with a lot of really important good baseball yet to come. Unfortunately, yesterday wasn't their night, but more problematically were the guys who weren't able to play. Am I worried about George Kirby? No. Julio Rodriguez and Ty France? Yeah, I am a little bit. How could you not be, given that Julio was scratched a few minutes before the game with a foot issue and Ty France had to be removed? So is help out there? Is help on the way? Three names you probably don't like that might actually help next. I'm Brock and Salk.